Alright, hey guys, uh, welcome back to episode 10 of the Use Gamers. Uh, I am Jared, I'm going to be your host tonight. And of course, joining me as usual, we have uh, my co-hosts of usual. Introduce yourselves, guys. I'm uh, Mike, as usual. Yes, still Chris. <laughs> there you as far go. As I know. You should know them by now if you listen. Welcome, uh, everyone, to the show. we got a few things to talk about today. Um, a lot of the big titles have come out. Uh, already, so we're going to talk a little bit about some things we're still excited about, though. Maybe not the kind of tier one things, but some stuff that's going to be happening soon. Um, Mike and Chris got to play the Fuse demo, um, so they're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, I got a, uh, a game on my phone I'm going to review, Simpsons Tapped Out, and uh, Mike got to play Neverwinter <clears throat> as well. And then we're going to talk about um, the Gearbox and Sega lawsuit that's going on surrounding... Aliens, Colonial Marines as well. So we've got a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. Uh, so first off, um, we're going to talk about Path of the Exile. And Mike, I think you've seen a lot about this, haven't you? Well, yeah, um, I, I first heard about it in reading one of the newer uh, Game Informers. And just in the back, they just had one of their little previews, and I saw you know this thing called Path of the Exile, and they, they kind of compared it to a Diablo kind of dungeon crawler, which I'm a huge fan of, so I started reading about it, and... It's by an indie company, a brand new one, um, and it's a free-to-play MMO a dungeon crawler, um, and it just has a lot of really promising uh, features to it that I think would be really cool, not to mention, hey, I'm a big fan of the free-to-play right now, so, and especially even these small developers, you know, I love to support these new companies that are coming up with new ideas and new ways to do things, and I think they, you know, can do nothing but help out the, the game uh, in, uh, you know, genres right now. So this one's really cool. It's very much like uh, you know Diablo. It's a dungeon crawler. You create a character. It's RPG. So really, the best thing about it is the, I mean, for lack of a better word, skill tree, I guess skill matrix or something like that you think of, is ridiculously large. You can go all of these different paths. I know Chris used said something about how many... It's like 1,038 permutations of builds you can have or something. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, we pulled up an image of the skill tree to show Jared, and yeah, it just looks like the map of a neural cortex or something. It's just, it, yeah, stars everywhere, all over the screen, each each its own little selectable slot. So, yeah, I think the, the main idea they're kind of making with this is that you can literally create whatever kind of character you want, whatever kind of play style, whatever kind of battle you want in a fantasy RPG, you can be it. You know, if you want to be a you know, guy with an axe who hurls lightning or whatever, you know, if you want to do whatever. It's, and so I was like, this just like it would be a lot of fun and, and really crazy and not to mention just huge amounts of replayability and for you know a free to play MMO I mean that's that's great to be able to you know get a lot out of it so uh, it's something that we just noticed and we thought would be cool just to kind of mention uh, you know because we love to kind of promote these smaller game companies and stuff they're doing so um, definitely keep a lookout for that uh, and maybe we'll try to keep you guys posted when it comes out maybe get a review out on it yeah and for people who don't uh, do a lot of PC gaming. Um, I watched some videos online recently of some people who got the game up and running with Xbox controllers on their PCs. It works really, really well. So it's the same idea of when people started playing through Torchlight, you know, they could tell that this was a game that could be easily adapted to console. Uh, same thing, Diablo 3, you know, is something that will be coming to PS3 and PS4, um, which looks really cool. And yeah, it, it, just like the idea, this was literally a group of people who came together and said, we really like action RPGs. There really isn't a lot going on with those right now. Let's just make one, and that it it looks beautiful for a little indie studio. It looks like a really really pretty game, and um and that their their pay system is 
what they call ethical microtransactions. So the idea is if you want to pay for stuff, you're paying small amounts for vanity items. So weapon skins, character skins, it's nothing that's going to give you, you know, a battle advantage over other people. And, you know, it's multiplayer co-op. It's everything you like about those kind of games, but just, you know, a, a new sort of bent on it, a new twist. So, yeah, it's something that you can download right now and play. So I'm, I'm actually going to be checking that out really soon. So it sounds cool. It sounds like something really interesting. Yeah, and then another game we kind of came across, too, was uh, this name just seems like it's not right. Mars Warlogs? Mm-hmm. That is the name, right? Yeah, it just it seems weird because Warlogs doesn't sound very actual. Well, it's from a, it's from a European company, so obviously their their grammar just works a little different than ours. So maybe I, to them it sounds good. I don't know. Still, just the word logs. It's like you know, doesn't sound action oriented, but the game looks very action oriented. It looks very interesting. Yeah. Um, we actually were watching Xbox Live had a a short video on it that we we were all checking out, and it looks pretty interesting um, in terms of. I think one of the coolest things they have is that, uh, to me, what jumped out at me is that the, the sun is so punishing on that planet that not only can it just damage you, but it like it basically mutates the things that it touches. So if you can't keep yourself, or if the creatures or humans on the planet can't keep themselves from being exposed, you don't get a sunburn. You like you become a mutant. Right. And uh, that's interesting. That's a really interesting concept they got there. So I thought that was that was cool. Um, it looks just kind of like an interesting. Game. What did you guys think it looked like? I mean. It grabbed me. It looks interesting. To me, it, it looks a lot like uh, you know your your Bioware RPGs in a way. You know whether you talk about Dragon Age or Mass Effect. You know it's 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 an RPG. It, it does a lot of conversation, a lot of different uh, conversation choices. Probably more like Dragon Age, the original one with the conversation, where it's not a wheel, it's, right, it's right. a list of, a lot them, of which I which I kind of like, and it can greatly affect how people react to you. You know the outcome of the game. Um, choice in the game reflects a lot. You know you can either be like the savage killer, and people will act. Accordingly, people you run into, or you can be a hero, or anything in between. And I um, hope it does that because they yeah. kept telling you that it was going to do that, and never. Sh- I mean, I guess it would yeah. be hard to show you, but they kept just kind of saying like, "This will make it different. This will make yeah. it different." Well, and they said this is kind of the first thing for this to be on for an Xbox Live Arcade game. This is the first time that they've made a game where it's relying heavily on choice and it's a very in-depth RPG. So it'll be interesting to see if, if you know they can prove they can do this well right. and this will continue because. We talked about in an early episode how you know we really liked the idea of this growth of the downloadable content or the downloadable kind of games or your arcade games. So if they can start to show that they can make these really great games and it looks really good, it looks like something running yeah, off of good. a console like a, a, a real engine disc. action game. Yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. Good. and it looks like it has the content of a real kind of you know RPG game that you would find on it on a disc or something like that. Um, you know, uh, all of the customization when it comes to your armor, your uh, your abilities, your you know your dialogue, your choices, all this kind of stuff. Um, it, it looked like it would be you know, really kind of interesting to see if they could pull that off on this size, on an actual downloadable game. So I mean, if they can, that would be really cool because then maybe other people would do it as well. Yeah, and I think that you know, one of the ideals that, I mean, I would love to see somebody be able to successfully marry you know, the narrative and storytelling style character development of the big Bioware franchises with the customization and openness of the Elder Scrolls games, which, you know, that was essentially the conceit of, like, Kingdoms of Amalur, and we know how that all went. Um, So, yeah, so it's interesting to see somebody kind of taking a stab at it. It's neat that since there are so many people making successful, small, focused titles and being able to put it out through, like, Steam and Xbox Live and PSN and stuff like that, for somebody to say, okay, this is the venue we're going to use, but this is going to be a big game. So it's like, oh. Okay, that's that's cool. A, a new 
a new concept. So yeah, we're excited to kind of see where that goes. See what what happens with Mars War Logs, as long as we don't have to say the name too much. Yeah, and watch the watch the video. They have to subtitle it because you just you can't understand a word the woman's saying. It's 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 fairly amazing. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, you guys also got your hands on Fuse. Um, yeah. Then just have to play the demo. But uh, this is a game that's looking pretty cool, especially for you know, Borderlands fans. You know, this looks like a similar yeah. template. So how long do you guys get to play with the game, and, and, and what do you think? Did you enjoy well, it? Well, I mean, uh, for any of you guys who don't know anything, just kind of quick rundown. Fuse originally was actually came out, introduced as uh, Overstrike. Overstrike. I was like, Overstrike. Which is the name of the team that you're on, and it's made by Insomniac. And they originally came out with this, and it was very stylized. It seemed a little bit more kind of humorous and kind of tongue-in-cheek to it. Kind of more like Borderlands. Right. Yeah, very much so. So there's a lot of rumors that they maybe changed it because of that. or uh, But they kind of just said they wanted something that was a little bit more gritty or a little bit more kind of realistic and stuff. So, yeah, they totally redid the art style. They redid kind of – I mean, the gameplay still kind of the same. You still have this four-character team, and each of them have these abilities, which they get from this stuff that they've – Found it's like called fuse, and it basically when it fuses with things, it uh it causes lots of little inter- interesting interactions. So they they combine it with their weapons and also just and it enhances their battle ability. So you have your four characters, each ones have a special fuse weapon which gives them uh, like kind of special abilities, and they also have extra stuff on top of that. So like one character has what's called a mag shield where he pulls up this gun that creates this movable shield that goes in front of him that can catch bullets and then he can actually rocket them out. He can also drop a little shield that's just stationary. Um, you have one character who's kind of like your healer, I guess. She throws a healing grenade, kind of like uh, the healer in Judgment in Gears of War. Um, and then her uh, mag weapon is this... It shoots basically stuff that encases people in metal, like and then it, yeah, it crystallizes metal, yeah. them, and it all locks them together, and then when you shoot them, they can explode and cause damage to all the buddies nearby. Um, then you have another character who can cloak, um, and she also has, uh, her mag weapon is, she shoots basically singular, these guns that create singularities, and if you lock it onto a lot of different people, it creates this like chain of singularity explosion. It's as much fun as it sounds. Yeah, and awesome. then you got another guy who shoots a crossbow. And then his special ability is he can ignite these crossbow bolts where they explode and cause people to either get melt or inflamed. And so, yeah, it's just massive amounts of chaos. The game was really fun. It's actually very difficult. And I found that when I played it by myself, it was really hard because the computer characters kind of just run around doing stuff. The AI for the computer character isn't as great as a person, which is, is normal. You, know, you find that usually when you play with people, they're better. Um, but when me and Chris uh, played together, I found it a little bit easier to manage it, not to mention also I got a little bit more used to the button scheme and everything. But it is kind of very much like a, a Gears of War meets Borderlands. It's kind of the Borderlands feel with your four characters that have the different abilities. Um, but the gameplay of it, I think, is very Gears-like. It's very cover-based, um, but yet also very frantic and running around, too. At the same time, you can't really sit and cover and just wait, because the, the AI of the enemies is great, because they... <laughs> you know, swarm around you, and I mean, if you're not careful, they will kick your butt. It's very difficult, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Saying it's coming out in the next few weeks. Yeah, uh, May 28th, I think. Yeah. And and it's got that same thing too. It's like uh, there are moments in the Uncharted games when I can see hints in like the character models of like the old models of like Jack and Daxter, like just the way they smirk or the way their eyes move. And since this is an Insomniac, who most recently made the Resistance games for PS3, which I've never touched, but I, I did really those. like the Ratchet and Clank games. Those were awesome. And this is that same studio. So th- there are moments 
in sort of because it's it's a funny game from what we've seen. I mean, they talk about how there there is humor involved, and um, so that's sort of a carryover from some of the Ratchet and Clank stuff, but with the sort of grittier tone of the way they've reskinned it. But um, yeah, it looks really promising. It really does seem to. I mean, it's the mechanics are very much gears. The the four player co op with different abilities that's very Borderlands. You know, the weapons I was playing with felt like you know, the biotic powers from Mass Effect. So, and as we're describing these weapons, I'm like, this sounds like we were eight years old sitting around with graph paper going, we're going to make the most awesome video game ever. And that's, it's kind <laughs> of what it's trying to do. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's one yeah. of the other fun things too, is that um, the majority of the voice actors are, are well-known voice actors who you've spent a lot of time with in the Dragon Age games, the Mass Effect games of Allie Hillis and, you know, Jennifer Hale and all those people. Uncharted, so, yeah. Yeah, so the Claudia Black. I mean, the, the voice acting is, is really, really top-notch. So it's cool that, you know, this scene has sort of developed its own celebrities who are really good at what they do. And we appreciate them a lot when they're in this game. And there's so. banter between the different characters, which brings in a lot more of that humor and wit where they're arguing over each other, like whose fault it is that they're stuck in this situation. And everything. <laughs> so it, I, I think it's, they, they did say that they still are going to try and bring that humor and wit into it. It's just not going to be in in the like art direction of it. It's not going to be so much there. Um, and one of the things but, that I did think was kind of interesting about that was there were moments when you and I were either talking or asking each other questions, or you know I was trying to figure out where you were because I needed you to heal me. Or at the same time, character dialogues going on. So I'm yeah. like, that was a little chaotic. So it would be interesting to see in the final game how that balances out, which I guess is true of any game, but a lot of games where you're doing a lot of coordination with your teammates over your headsets. There's not a lot story-wise going on in the game. You know, True. if it's something like Call of Duty multiplayer or or even Borderlands, I mean, the story is, it's there, but it's it's not long stretches of dialogue, usually. So, yeah, it'll be, I didn't think it was distracting, but... No, I think the dialogue will be similar to, like, you know, the stuff you find in Borderlands and Gears, where it's kind of just extra stuff. Like, if you hear it, it's usually, like, a, like in Gears, you know, you'd hear Baird make a smart remark. You'd be like, oh, that's funny, but if you missed it, it didn't exactly take right. away from the game. It's and the really important stuff about. breaks out into cuts. Yes, So exactly. that stuff you're going to hear anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to see how it does when it comes all out. Um, maybe, hopefully, getting it to try it, because it seems like it would be a lot of good fun. But I, I do feel like this would be a game, if you're going to get it, make sure you got some friends picking it up. Because oh, yeah. I feel like this is one of those games, like Borderlands or something, where if you don't have four people to play with, you can do it. Um, you can actually switch between each of the characters, you know, so it just whatever works best for the situation. Oh, cool. So with that, it might be nice for you, but I feel like it's a lot easier to work around and a lot less frustrating if you have your buddies, even just one or two extra people. Oh, I'm sure it's just more fun. Too. Yeah. yeah. And kudos for um, XP pickups and ammo going to all team members and not having to fight. Yeah, them. that was nice. That stuff's always well, nice. It's, it's, a it, it's standard in a lot of games, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Call it co-op for a reason, you know, and then, you know, if people really want to give them an arcade mode where they can compete. Right. And, and that's the thing, that, is there are skill shots to it. Like, if you kill people in certain ways, it's kind of like... Um, Bulletstorm. Bulletstorm. Yeah. Where, but it's not so much in the game. Like, it just gives you extra XP. Like, you level up your character, and each of your characters has kind of a skill tree, although it's very linear. It's not like you can really play very differently than somebody else. Right. If you play through the character, you're probably going to cover the whole thing. Um, just because you have to put enough points in to get to the next section. It's basically just like the Mass Effect multiplayer skill tree. Like, yeah. pretty, sort of, basically just linear. But, yeah. even not you know, even with some different options. At least options. that had some different options, right. where you could put more into one power than another. This right. one, you're kind of just going along. Just building your powers. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, you're just earning XP through the extra kills, so it's not so much of an arcade that you're competing for points. You know, you're well, they could, I mean, they could, they, they could offer that, maybe, 
as another way to play yeah. the game, though. And what was also was interesting back, is, is that you know? um, the more it, it was logged onto your EA account, your Origin account. So, it, like, when we, we played the demo a couple of times, each time our character was leveled up to the level that we got when we finished playing. So I think it's going to be accumulative. So in a way, if you keep playing it, it I, I think in a way the earlier parts might get easier in a way because you'll have to be more powerful. Right. Yeah, because we had both played through a single player, so when we jumped in to play co-op, like, I was already, like, level 12. It's like, oh, okay, I guess we're starting here. And then you just, and you level pretty quickly. So that's always fun and addicting. So that's yeah. a good way to keep that carrot angle some replayability, because you. you get those levels up, you can play a harder difficulty. Yeah. yeah. Unlock right. new powers and things like that. Yeah. And harder difficulty, yeah. So we're looking forward to it. Cool. See how it does. Yeah, that's great. That was pretty good. So um, I'm going to jump in with a short, uh, not even review, because... I'm just playing it to talk about it. But I like to mention it because I'm, I'm checking it out. My dad was playing this game on his tablet. And he's like, hey, you should check it out. And it's called The Simpsons Tapped Out. And interestingly enough, it's a sim game where um, basically what happens is there's this cutscene in the beginning where Homer is playing on his phone and screwing around and <laughs> ends up blowing up the whole town because he works at the nuclear plant. And uh, so then he kind of just shows up there, and you're kind of in this space of grass, and Homer's there, he's like, oh, well, we should rebuild the town. And um, you, you decide to do that, and basically the idea, though, is that you can rebuild Springfield however you want, because <laughs> you're just rebuilding it. So it becomes this sim game where basically what you, you, you build buildings, and you build structures, and, you know, there are challenges they'll give you, like, you know, do this, build this thing, you know, do this side quest, because your characters that you unlock can do things. So you can say, like, go do this, and like four hours later you get money and experience, and that helps you level up, which can help you unlock new things, and the money helps you to buy things. It's a fairly simple concept. <coughs> but I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Um, just kind of playing this little sim game on my phone. It's free, also. I don't, I don't pay anything for it. There's not even, I haven't even, I think there's some microtransactions I could do. Is it the tiny town, mo tiny tower model of, you know, you just, it becomes about waiting, and you can pay to lessen those wait times? Do you think that is that... Because um, you said four hours later they come no, back No, no, it's more about vanity items. Oh, so, okay. like, what, what, one of the things you can get is when you level up, and sometimes you can find them randomly, is you get donuts. And donuts are, like, the special currency that you can use to buy um, really good stuff. Hmm. So, there are certain things, like, if you want to buy Barney's Bolorama, well, you can really... You can only get Barney's Bolorama by buying, like, it with fur how many donuts it costs. You, you, you're never going to unlock that to buy it. So you, you'll get some of those things, right, without paying any money, but there's a limit to, to really how far you can go with that because you get, like, one donut at your level. So a lot of these things cost, like, 120. Yeah. So you're probably not going to get to level 120 to buy this one thing. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe you would. Maybe you would. So, um, so it's just kind of about, like, oh, well, I kind of want to add these things to my city. There are things... And it's great, because the Simpsons characters are very much the way... They're voiced by the voice actors, you can tell. Oh, cool. They're very much the way that you want those characters to act, you know. Like, when they when they have things they can do, it's very specific to the character, you know. Like, if you want Lisa to do something for a few hours, she can play the saxophone, or she can go to school, things like that. Well, Bart can go to school, but he also can skip school. He can go play paintball in one of the houses, and he can skateboard. You know, like, the characters are much like you would imagine them to be, so... Um, as someone who's like The Simpsons and someone who just it's just a fun phone game, check it out if you want. It was it was kind of fun. So. Let's go. Cool. I mentioned it. Something I'm enjoying. Um, on a much larger scale, uh, Mike, you got your hands on Neverwinter. Is that right? Yeah. The um they just started up their open beta. 
uh, about a week ago. And then, well, just for everyone know, in case you're unfamiliar, this is an MMO. Yeah, um, this is a new MMO. It's by uh, Cryptic, um, which is are the same guys who did like uh, Star Trek Online, which really uh, you know successful. Another one, and then also Perfect World, who did Torchlight. So you know, obviously they're very good at, at uh, MMOs, and of course they got their their dungeon crawling side. So it's a great combination to make this. Um, I was always a big fan of, of the the Neverwinter games, you know, Bioware, of course, you know, so that was always good. Um, although this is, of course, <laughs> made by a different company, so it's got a little different feel to it. Um, I, I've also always been a big fan of the books. For any of you guys who, you know, read the Forgotten Realms or anything by um, Ari Salvatore or anything, these the the where the the game kind of takes place is right after the last big series that came out for that, the Neverwinter saga. It was four books. So Neverwinter, the big city, which is, has been the, the focal point of a lot of these games, has been destroyed. And now it's kind of rebuilding itself. And so you have come to help, as well as it's also being attacked by this evil undead lich um, called Belindra, who you meet her in the books. Um, there's a lot of characters that kind of pop in from the books. And, um, you know, there's been little hints and stuff about a lot of other big characters. People are excited and they don't know who's going to show up. Um, so They're just looking for dress. Yeah, exactly, yes. <laughs> well, and that's the whole thing. Everybody wants to be a dro, and that's something you had to buy a founder's pack for, but that, that's something extra. Anyway, so you show up as a new kind of character, and it's uh, the customization is, is very in-depth. You know, you have uh, quite a few races to choose from, um, a, a couple of classes. It's a little different than your traditional, like, D&D kind of games. Um, not the usual classes, but somewhat usual. They're just a little tweaked. Um and, you know, you can customize where you come from, like your origin story, um, what god you worship, and then, of course, you pick your, your skills and as well as your name. And you start off the game, and there's a very kind of basic thing that introduces you to combat and stuff. It's very fast-paced combat. It's not so much where you click on something and do the auto attack, and then you pick abilities. You have to actively be clicking, and there's only there's not a bunch of quick bars. Like, you're not going to have your typical MMO where you have a bunch of quick bars, where you have all these abilities. You have a very select group of stuff because when you move the mouse that's actually how you look around so it's not like you can move the mouse to click on things that's just what no, you use as your, your your view yeah exactly and then all your moves are buttons so then they're all associated around the typical moving buttons so like um, e and r and those are, are and then of course one two three four are your abilities as well as your um, inventory items so you have a very select amount of stuff to use um, so it's a very fast paced kind of battle very quick I would compare it kind of to like a Dragon Age 2 kind of you know battle scene where you, it's, uh, it's not a lot of stopping and pausing to do stuff. There's no pausing whatsoever. You have to keep up with everything. Well, you can't do that in that battle. Yeah. Right. And, well, and it definitely feels very much, if you guys have ever played Dungeons & Dragons online, it, it, it feels and looks a lot like that, although a lot better. It looks beautiful, even though a lot of what you time you're going to spend, at least in the beginning of the game from what I've seen, is, is very dark dungeons. When you do get to the main city, it's all very bright and pretty, which is kind of almost like a, oh, I got out of the dungeon, so now it's nice. Um, it's very large. I've only gotten into a small part of it, um, but the uh, not a whole, it doesn't really seem like a lot of, I mean, the skill trees are, are pretty in-depth, so you can do lots of different things with them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the different classes play out. You know, you have your typical, your wizard, your cleric, your rogue. You have two different types of fighters, whether you want to be sword and shield or, or dual wield. And then there's another class that's supposedly coming out later, which I can only guess is going to be some kind of nature-oriented class, whether it be ranger or druid. Um, and then, of course, you have all the basic races. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. I've been enjoying it, so I'm looking forward to kind of see. I, I believe the open beta is basically just like a soft open. So I think it's kind of like what you see in that is what you're going to get. They're just kind of slowly opening up there. It's going to be free to play. Um, 
So unless you want to, I mean, if you want to get a founder's pack or something like that, you still can, although you miss the benefit of getting early access. But, you know, yeah, if you want that extra stuff, if you want early access to play as like a draw or something like that as a race, then you have to do one of the founder's packs. But they're, the cheapest one is $60, and then the most expensive one is over 200 So you're going to be spending some money. But if you think you're going to get what you want out of it, I mean, think about it, $60 is how much you pay for a game. So if no, you feel you're dropping gonna, 200 bucks on a game, you don't know yeah. how good it would that be. Was the, I remember that, yeah, and that was yeah. the lifetime subscription for um, Star Trek Online, too. It was 200 199 I remember that. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It, but um, this one, it's going to be completely free to play. Um, you know, it has dungeons, professions. It also has this really cool thing called the Foundry. And that's where it's uh, user-generated missions, almost. Like, even <laughs> they can include storylines, NPCs. It's dungeon crawler, I mean, just whatever. And this has actually been a really big hit. A lot of people have really been going to town on this and really enjoying it. So I'm interested to see where that kind of goes. Wait, it's user content like like Little Big Planet, like people build the levels. Yeah, and they you know they build the storyline to it. I mean, it can be a whole story arc to it, and it's these separate missions. You go to a little wow. job board and you can access the foundry through that, and it's you know you don't have to pay for it. You just post it on there, and then somebody can jump in and do it. But of course, it rates it, so you know all the junk stuff is gonna end up down yeah. at the bottom. So if you make something crappy, it's not really gonna get rated that high, and probably nobody's really gonna play it. But so when you download the game, are you also downloading some like tools in order to? Be I able guess to build it's that a stuff? pretty significant download. It took me. If you downloaded it through the website, it was ridiculously slow. Of course, I downloaded it the night it came out, so that probably helped. But it, when I downloaded it through one of their partner websites, um, it was just a, a WinZip file. So it downloaded really quick on my computer, but then to unlock it took almost three hours. So it's a pretty significant amount of stuff. So I, I think a lot of that is what you're going to get in there. But I'm really enjoying it. So anybody who's really kind of big into fantasy um, MMOs, uh, you know, especially if you like the Dungeons and Dragons or even something like a Dragon Age where it's a little bit more of a fast pace, I would I would suggest this because it was a lot of fun. Dragon Age 2. Well, guess. that's cool. That Foundry does sound really intriguing. Yeah, I haven't gotten to try that out yet because I I'm I'm pretty Is low level. Is that open yet? Can they do that? Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah. you can already access it because I clicked on the job board wondering I thought it was just maybe extra quests and then it takes you to the Foundry. Hmm. Wow. So. Oh, that's really cool. Well, that sounds interesting, and especially continuing that free-to-play model. That just seems to be the way things are going with MMOs now. That's what everybody's saying. Um, you know, they all want to do. They all saying that free-to-play is is what you're going to do. Because I think it's also because so many big companies and so many big games are doing it. It's kind of any of the games that don't. Now everybody's just going to go play. It. Why? Why should I, I go and pay? And this? they're having success too. Bioware yeah. said that they've doubled their revenue on Swotor since they changed their pay model. I mean that's crazy. Well, and they also added tons of new accounts. Like people just flow back into it once it went free to play. You know, right. and and that's yeah. the whole thing is people start playing it for a while, and then after a while you start to think, oh well, I might spend a little cash on this. I'm enjoying it, and so then that's when you start getting all the money. You get people hooked on it, and then they you know they want more. Right. So I, I think. That's kind of the route that we're going. I feel like you're going to see less and less subscription-based games come out. I just love that position next to it, though, of what we were talking about with these Founders Packs and things. So we're saying, these games are going to be free. It's going to be great. And then people are like, yeah, but I'm going to give you 200 bucks for it. <laughs> and are like, oh, thanks. That's very generous well, it's just a way to because make... you want this. But all you're doing things. is getting extra stuff for earlier access to stuff. You get like extra gear. So it's not like it's... It's not like you're missing out on anything. You know, you have to wait a, bit, a little bit longer to create a Drow character. Oh, I'm fine with that. But there's some people out there who they really want to do it, and they know they're going to love this game. They know they're going to get $200 worth of I know, and it seems like a lot, but then when you think about it, like if you want to do WoW for the next year, 
you're going to drop money like that on that game, and you won't have to drop it again. So. Right, and let's be honest. If we see a video reveal of the Founders Pack for Mass Effect Online, we'll at least entertain that yeah, idea. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was like <laughs> me. You know, For Marvel Heroes, I got the Founders Pack because you, know, you have to... You, you probably get like a random drop for characters, but otherwise you have to buy them. So me, you know, it's $20 to get Colossus. He's like one of my favorite characters. I wanted to play as Colossus. So I figured I'm going to get $20 worth of enjoyment probably out of this game. So for me, dropping 20 bucks. Okay, 20 bucks, I get that. Right. So, yeah, like, no, two I, bucks, okay. 20 bucks, gotcha. But 200. there were higher ones. There were ones for like, Marvel Heroes that were well over, that were almost $200. Like two, $200, yeah. And there were people crazy. who bought multiple one of those. I know, that's amazing. So, <laughs> so it's, it's all about, what, it's, it's, they're making it's money. It's clearly a smart model. I, I just think it's interesting how these things are happening at the same time. Yeah. You know, I just think that's an interesting. Trends are so interesting in games right now. And we're not the rich gamers, so that's yeah. where we fit in a little yeah, bit. Right. Yeah, right. I bought seven of the Founders Packs. I didn't even know I can play the game. <laughs> Alright, um, so that sounds pretty cool. Moving on to um, something interesting that's going on right now. Uh, so, as is generally known, Aliens Colonial Marines was a huge flop. Um, it, 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 it played very poorly no one really seemed to like it. And, you know, that stinks, right? You, you know, especially with a franchise like Alien. Um, people were really excited, but uh, something come, has come about since then where they're actually getting sued for false advertisement. It's Gearbox and Sega. That's are right. Both in, involved in this, in this suit. And basically what they said is, well, you showed us gameplay before the game came out, that was not actually from the game. It's not actually what it looked like. You tricked us into buying this game. And so people who bought the game, only early orders, correct? Yeah, it's it's the people who would, if this lawsuit does go through and if the people making the lawsuit win, um, then, you know, the, the only people that would be able to collect off of this would be people who purchased the game before or the day of its release. So, um, you know, especially pre-orders. Because the whole thing is, is that uh, what a lot of people are saying is that at E3 and a lot of these things where they had these demos where people could play, people are saying that the game they played when they were at these demos and these special releases where they got to try it out is not the game that they played when they bought the actual game. It's kind of what they're saying. Right. Is it looks different? You can go online and see. Like people have posted up pictures, side by side videos of like this is what it looked like when you know it was in 2012 when it was at this demonstration. This is what it looks like when the game came out, and it's very, very different. One looks like a really cool, kind of gritty, sci-fi movie-looking kind of game, and then one looks like a cheesy shooter sci-fi video game, like a Duke Nukem or something. It's like not that. a shooter if you don't have to shoot anything. Though. That's right. Well, that's true. You yeah. just run past the, the runner. And that's the thing, is, is they're kind of more focusing this on the look nice. of the game. But really, I mean, the game was horrible in so many other ways, like the AI, the voice acting, the length of the game. I mean, there's so the storyline. There were so many other things about this game that you could say it was lousy. Um, but they're kind of more focusing on just the look because I think that's more of what they can classify as false advertisement because that's all they didn't really get a hint of the story or anything like that in their demonstrations. But the look of it, that they can definitely say, you know, yes, this is not what it looked like or the feel of it. Or there were also apparently certain things that they were able to do or something like that, certain functions of the demonstrations they were able to do during the game that were not in the later. Thing, so, uh. Yeah, it's one thing when, you know, you show early videos of something or you have, you know, your your devs or your studio heads talking about, you know, in this vaguely about things they want to do versus actually showing builds that have 
functioning, you know, abilities that people are able to, you know, play. Because this game has been at, like, PAX for a couple of years. So, I mean, I know people who've played the demo two, three, four times at different times and have seen it build and seen the graphics improve and the textures are a little better every time and keeps getting delayed. And everything seemed to suggest that this was moving in a direction that was just, why would you not just continue to polish this experience? I mean, it's very rare... I mean, in as much as the the visual aspect of Borderlands changed in the 11th hour when they decided to do this cell shady cartoon thing, the game was exactly the same. It right. just the the skin, the visual skin changed. But this seems like some fundamental changes were made that just, by all accounts, just broke this thing. And yeah, it's 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 a bizarre situation. So just the idea that you know. Say what you want about gamers being entitled and whiny, which yes, they are both those things. Uh, but like to saying that this is this isn't just complaining. There there seems to at least be enough ground here that people who understand legalese and the way that lawsuits work are saying, yep, you might actually have something here. Yeah, well, and even uh, Randy Pitchford, the the you know the head of Gearbox, came on Twitter and was saying that he felt a lot of the complaints and things that were being posted about. Alien, aliens, colonial marines were fair, and you know and that they were looking into it. So I think a lot of people are taking that almost as evidence of saying that you know, like they know this game is crappy. Um, so you know, and then there's also a whole bunch of stuff going into it. A lot of people are saying that supposedly a lot of the effort and and resources they were putting into alien colonial marines, Gearbox pulled that out to then use for Borderlands 2 because that was their actual IP. I mean, I don't think anybody could necessarily. I, I don't okay, think anybody put anything that. out to prove that. I mean, they could if they showed that somehow the funds that would, if if something actually physical like like funds or something like that were that were supposed to go towards any of these colonial marines and were instead used to borderlands, they could prove something like that. Then yeah, that would yeah. be big. And but I've seen I interviews with, with right you know now. people who worked at the studio saying, yeah, I was pulled from aliens to work on borderlands, but. It's all like it's all anonymous. Though, Nobody right. wants to say who they are, and it seems kind of insubstantial. So yeah, unless something concrete comes ahead, because right. then that's when that's when you're getting into nasty business practice stuff, where we have to step aside from the is it fun, is it not fun, and remember, oh wait, wait, that's right, this is an industry that's bigger than Hollywood, and we're talking about billions of dollars. And I think that's a big thing they're trying to make clear in this lawsuit is that they are trying to treat game companies like they would any other consumer generated product kind of thing where if you went and bought something and brought it home and it was faulty it didn't work the way that it was proposed to work um, no matter what it is whether it be an appliance or an electronic or anything you would take it back and demand a refund right well I mean I think that's kind of the idea that they're making here is that these you know game companies made a game and they presented it as this but it wasn't that it wasn't what they presented it as like, uh, you know, so I think that's kind of and I don't know I'm kind of really on the fence with this because in one hand, I do agree that yes, you should consider game companies like this, where you know they need to produce what it is they're saying they produce. However, I feel like this could be running down that same route that we ran into with the Mass Effect Three ending, where I feel like they put out a game, you didn't like it. Well, I'm sorry, you wasted your sixty bucks that you feel. But you know what? You made that choice. You bought it outright. You pre-ordered it, whatever. So you kind of have to deal with it. So it kind of depends on if they can truly prove that. 
what they showed them in that original thing is not that. But also, I kind of feel like when they, they put out these demos, don't they ever put, don't they usually put up there like this is not what actual game yeah. footage is going to be like or something like well, yeah, I guess they this, just didn't, this is a work they forgot in progress to do that or something. Yeah, I mean, I, use, I feel like they usually put out those kind of disclaimers. Oh, yeah. Just to Although kind of usually, keep this from happening. It's usually the opposite way, though. Yeah, this is going to be better. This is going to look better, yeah. but still, if they put that, it would cover them. Now, here's one of the things I find interesting about this. They say they want to treat them like other other companies, but there are media that you can't do some of these things. So, like, And basically, it's the media that's too easy to steal, So, um, which are, I think, most similar to video games, music and movies. right? So if you go and you buy a CD, you can't just bring it back. You can exchange it for the same CD because you say that once. There quality. was a time, yeah. But there was a time when you could. But not, you can't not bring that anymore. back and go. Hey, I don't like this music because you. They'll say they'll say it too it. bad, and it's the same with movies. You can't just come back and be like, "Hey, I thought Spider-Man Three sucked. It did suck, but if you bought it without having seen it and decided to buy it, you can't just bring it back, and you certainly can't sue the people who made the the movie. So I, I know this is not exactly the same thing happening here, what I'm talking about. But if you talk about the aspect of being treated like other, you know, forms of media, that really is not how they're treated. They're, they're treated where it's, this is something you could steal, so we can't let you just buy it and bring it back, because I could buy it, bring it home, put it on my Xbox, and take it home, take it back to them, say, I want my 60 bucks back, and have the full game downloaded on my Xbox. So, I, I think that that's not really a valid thing. Now, <clears throat> I do see some validity in the idea of, if they can prove that they misled people with things that they could not get through, there's some validity to that, but I don't... To me, it's not at the level of a lawsuit. I just feel like people... It's It was a sucky game, and it sucks that you spent some money on it, but I've spent money on stuff that sucks before, and you just... Yeah, so that's what happened. You spent yeah. some money on... You know, you bought a hamburger, and it wasn't great. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah, but you can send the hamburger. Yeah, you probably could, but not if. Yeah, yeah, right. That's true. All right, I just worry. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that happens, and and I'm worried about where does this go? Yeah, where's that going to be next? Like, what am I? Who's going to just start just suing game companies because they're like, I didn't really like this game, so I'm going to sue you. And that's one of the. I'm worried about like two things, and one is that yeah, I'm worried the gamers are going to now feel entitled that if this lawsuit wins, then every time they buy a game they don't like or the ending they don't like or whatever, they're automatically like, well, I'm going to sue the company so that way they have to put out a new game or give me a new game or make a new ending or whatever. Like, I don't want that to happen. I want game companies to feel like. And then, of course, game companies are never going to take any risks, you know? Right, which would be terrible. Yeah, right? and then I also worry about, like, if this also does succeed, then you're going to see probably a decrease in the amount of videos and demos and things for games that are coming out. Game companies are just like, look, you want to buy our game? Well, you'll see it when you buy it. Because we're not putting out any demos, we're not putting out any videos, because we don't want anybody sitting there saying that, oh, this is not what we saw earlier. So pretty much E3 is going to be right out the window. because. Well. I think, I, mean, I, just, I think that's a very far. Obviously, this is a very far-fetched kind of thing. But I'm just saying, think about that. If you're a comp, if you're a game designer company, and you see Gearbox and Sega take this huge fall because of this, isn't that going to make you a little hesitant to put your stuff out there? I think it'll just make sure to to put those disclaimers you're talking yeah. about, like gameplay with this I mean, may not match gameplay. For and that's gym. just the world we're living in right now, where you have to put like little disclaimers oh, yeah. on everything because you're so worried about being sued, and you kind of. It's just kind of getting to the point of right because I mean, I mean, think about it. It's, it you know something like I mean, maybe there's a game that has a multiplayer component and a single player component that have some kind of a tie to each other. Like you know, you level in one and then you get items in the other. I mean, there very well may be an early build of the multiplayer version. 
that later on they find out becomes incompatible with the single player. So even though it was cool, we had to strip it out. And, you know, that's that's just them trying to make good sense out of their game. They don't want their game to be broken. So then for us to go, well, but you used I used to be able to do this really awesome thing. Yeah, you we should be able to understand that, well, yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it's a weird line, and yeah, there's I can definitely see both sides of it, but uh, yeah, that the part of the risk aversion part of it is the thing that worries me the most because yeah. that that's the part that would be really unfortunate because you're gonna have people who like your Maddens and your Call of Duties and you know your Assassin's Creeds that are coming out every year, and you hope that things are always improving, but if that's all we end up with, because well, this is what people want, so this is what we're going to keep churning out, then, you know, we're not going to get anything interesting beyond that. And one thing I think we can all agree was that Colonial Marines was not interesting in a good way. No, I mean, and if you look about it, I mean, it was also a really tough sell in the beginning because the fact you're taking a, a, a product, like an Aliens product, which they've never really made a good Aliens game, and it's no. a very valuable kind of franchise like obviously its fans are really huge into it so it's going to be a hard undertaking to impress them anyway i mean you would think a big company like gearbox would but i think maybe i mean it got kept getting pushed back i almost feel like they should just keep kept pushing it back till after borderlands 2 just because not saying that any of those allegations are true but just you have to look at it as in if you're coming out with this big huge game that is part of your your major ip borderlands 2 wouldn't you almost want to focus all of your work on that and then maybe hold off on, you know, Colonial Marines until after you're done putting out your big hit, you know, or something? I mean, that was just kind of my thought on it. I mean, it, I, we'd even kind of said when this was originally coming out, like, oh, it's coming out right around with Borderlands 2. I hope that doesn't affect it. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully that's not the case. And I, I just, I feel like maybe if they would have taken a little bit more time, but apparently they kept taking more time and it just got worse. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to give them leeway on the whole licensing because, you know, let's, there are franchises that have been terrible historically in our license, and, and then they make Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah. You know, yeah, there was true. never really a good Batman game, in my opinion, until that point. And that game rocked, and that was a game that was in the exact same position as this. It's a licensed game, you know, people have struggled with it for a really long time, and, and that game was amazing. So I, I don't want to give them any leeway on that. But no, I mean, good. by all means, yes, you can. I mean, look at Ward for Cybertron. Nobody made a good Transformers game when that came out. Everybody's like, finally, someone made a good Transformers game. Obviously, it's possible to do. It's just very, you're obvious, You're already kind of fighting uphill battle just with picking that, you know, franchise. But it is interesting that at this point, you know, most parties involved kind of, it, it's not like anybody who is involved in the development are trying to convince us that we got something we didn't get. They're all saying, yep, this is the game that came out. They're not really apologizing for it. They're not making excuses for it, but they're agreeing that's what it is. And I guess at what point do you have to make the decision where you either, like you said, continue to postpone, which, you know, that didn't really do much for Duke Nukem Forever, another Gearbox game, Um, but, or do you just cut your losses and just take whatever you have and put it out there to die, which I guess is what happened with this game, or, you know, and, and who knows what the logic of that is. It's just we can't continue to put more resources in it either our own or, you know, Sega's going to stop sending us checks for this because this has gone on long enough. So what you've got is what you've got, and, and good luck. But, uh, you know, put a new coat of paint on it, release it as an Xbox Live. I don't know. Probably there would have been lots of options, but we got what we got. So, yeah, we'll have to keep our ear on this one and kind of see where it goes. Because 
you know, we don't care about this game anymore, but it is interesting for what implications it has for other things yeah, going forward. Yeah, for the gaming community as a right. whole, I think this could be a huge change. Right, and, and man, it's just, uh, we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully this game can't continue to cause any more problems, but uh, <laughs> we'll go forward. So, all right, we do have one more thing we want to talk to you guys about um, before we go. This is the end of our kind of talking things. There's something we've been talking about doing for a while, and I want to tell you how this came up. Chris and I were talking about one of the greatest games of all time. Objectively. Mike, you stop. Portal. Portal is a brilliant game, okay? We love this game. And Mike goes with once, he's like, oh, I don't like Portal. And we both look at him like he just told us the moon doesn't exist. Like, (laughs) and we're like, what are you talking about? And he admitted to us, eventually, that he really played it for like ten minutes. He did not get anywhere into this game. We're like, you gotta play it. I mean, I'm just saying ten minutes was an estimation. I paid long enough to get the idea. You did not. And so here, this is this. See, you're, you're hearing why this is happening. So we're like, okay, we need an excuse to make Mike play this game. And because this is a game we think is great, and and he didn't quite give a fair shake. And we're like, oh well, let's find a way we can use that on the show. We said, well, we can do that in a couple ways. Is we can even have games that you know kind of were were, were great that we missed, or games that were just make each other play because we're just punishing each other for our own sadistic amusement. I don't know. So we want to include you in the fun of our sadism and um, invite you to join us on, on the Facebook, our Facebook page and, and post, or, or Twitter as well, thank you, and uh, post any ideas you have for either games that, from having listened to us talk, you might make us play because we would hate it and enjoy listening to us have to talk about having played this game, or you might think that we missed it, a game that we should like, like we're doing with Mike and we hope he likes, um, or just a gem that got missed. Or, or anything, anything that you would love to just see us tackle that's maybe a little bit different or something. Um, we want you guys to be a part of that. So uh, come on to the Facebook page, post stuff up. If you got something specific, like, you know, um, something you've heard us say we hate and you want to make us play it, or, or whatever, if it's for a certain person, just in general, whatever information you have, um, go ahead and share that with us, and we'll, we'll, we'll be trying to be talking to you guys over the next few weeks about this and, and tie down some games. We are going to make Mike play Portal. That one's set. But um, he doesn't have a choice in that. But, um, you know, there's still some room open for, for Chris and myself. And, 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 and put a ton of stuff up. Because if, if we like this, which we're having fun just talking about it. So I hope it's as fun as we think it is. Um, we might keep going and do one like this every once in a while. play Portal just, too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you're going to want to when you're done with Portal. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll see. And um, Portal 2 is even better, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. And uh, so just give us your thoughts. We want to hear what uh, we're doing with this. Um, what you guys think about this, and that's something we're going to try. We think it'll be a lot of fun. All right, that's our last thing for uh, this episode, so we're going to be signing off. Uh, Again, as usual, I'm Jared. I'm Mike. And I'm Chris. And we are the Youth Gamers. And guys, we'll see you next time.
this week, I don't have much, but you guys want some strawberry Newtons? I'm going to add Newtons in. I said, yeah. Gosh, that sounds like, what was cool? It's fruit and cake. It's fruit and cake? I forgot. A cookie is just a cookie, but a Newton is a fruit and cake. I forgot. That's the name of this episode.